the anxiety people have about, I guess, paying their attorney on an hourly basis, it's just extremely off the chart and not in a good way. And so people, what ends up happening is people are afraid to communicate with their attorney because they don't want to get billed. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Today, I am joined by Jason LaVoy. He is the divorce resource guy. And so I recently met Jason as part of a networking group called Provisors, and I just love what he's up to. So I wanted to talk to him today about a topic that fits with our aging series, which is divorcing after 55, also known as the graying of divorce. But first, before we get into uh, the specifics of this topic, let me tell you a little bit about Jason, because I think he has a really interesting background. Uh, Jason LeBoy became an attorney specifically to deal with families going through these difficult times, such as divorce. And after practicing family law in New Jersey for a number of years, he noticed how many of his clients and probably other clients with or without attorneys are overwhelmed and looking for help. So he decided he wanted to do something about it that was a little different than being an attorney. And so he started being a resource and a coach for people going through the divorce process. Whether you have an attorney or whether you don't have an attorney, he's willing to work with you and to coach you through as you can imagine, a difficult process. Now, today, we're going to be specifically talking about the graying of divorce. And one of the things you may or may not know is that as of April 2021, and this is from the U.S. Census Department, they found that almost 35% of all Americans who got divorced in the previous calendar year were age 55 and older. And in the financial services world, we call that the graying of divorce. So Jason and I are going to talk a little bit about divorce, his resources, and certainly how divorce may or may not be different when you're 55 and older. So welcome, Jason, to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. Hey, Kathleen. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm very excited to have this conversation, even though divorce, well, I guess sometimes it could be good news if people agree that it's time to get divorced. Um, But in general, it can be a pretty, pretty hard topic. Now, one of the things that I think is interesting, and I'm happy to say I haven't been divorced. I'm not planning on being divorced. Uh, I am in the graying divorce zone. So what, tell me, uh, do you think that divorce at 55 and older is different? And why do you think this trend is happening? I've been watching it happen for a while. 
So I got to say first, I am getting close to the gray divorce zone, as you call it. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet, but yet my hair tells me otherwise. And so I think, you know, when they, I don't know where they came up with the term gray divorce, but I like I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm ready. But like you, I hope not to get divorced. You know, I don't know anybody who gets married hoping to get divorced, but sometimes that happens. And, you know, so I always say, why why are people getting divorced later in life? I don't know if there's one concrete answer to that. I think a lot of it has to do with people are living longer, you know, just generally generally speaking. And, you know, our medicine's better um, and people are able to live a lot longer. So, you know, 50 years ago, maybe when you were, you know, 50 or just over, you know, your life expectancy was maybe in the late 70s you figured, all right, it's not worth it. But now, you know, people living into their 90s and late 90s or beyond quite frequently. And I think, you know, when you're 55, 60, even 65, you know, it's like, well, you know, I still have a lot to go, hopefully. And why not? You know, I always say people deserve to be happy. And and that goes for whether you're the person who initiated the divorce or not. Both of you, if somebody wants a divorce, then odds are both of you are not happy because it's probably not a good situation. So, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. I think you just deserve to be happy. And so let me throw in one little twist here. So in addition, and it's a great point, people are living longer, but I wonder given my, you know, interest in women's empowerment and what has been different over the last 50 years around women being able to financially take care of themselves and for in general, people being more open to exploring what their life purpose is and making changes that I think in the past were not only really frowned upon, it was like an exploration I think a lot of people didn't do. So do you think like our society and the way our society has changed might also impact why people at, you know, 50, 55, 60 are saying, mm, gonna, gonna go it alone for the rest of my life, whether that means 40 years or 20 years, uh, it isn't worth it. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. A lot of it goes, to, like you said, you know, empowerment, independence. And I think in the more traditional settings, like when I was growing up and my parents and, and before that, a lot of times they would stay together, you know, in a bad marriage, a bad relationship because of the children. I mean, how often did you hear that? Um, we're, we're staying together for the children. And I think studies have shown that that's really not a good reason. And in fact, you're probably hurting the kids more by staying in a, a bad situation, possibly toxic environment, than getting divorced and showing them that you can co-parent together, it could work. And, you know, there's many, many examples of divorces with young children involved and the children adjust just fine. If again, both parents are always focused on doing what's in the best interest of the children. And, you know, just because you're getting divorced, I, I told this recently to somebody, I said, just because the marriage didn't work out, doesn't mean that you two can't be great parents after the divorce. And I've seen it happen where the marriage doesn't work out, you get divorced, and both people are almost like best friends with each other. And it's just, they thrive not being married. And I guess, you know, that dynamic 
it was just a better fit for them. And they co-parent the children just fine and the children are just fine. And so, yeah, I think there's, I think it's all of that entangled uh, into one, you know, people when they get older realize, wow, you know, I really want to do this and it's not on the same page as their spouse. And, and they feel like now's my time and, you know, why not? Absolutely. And, you know, I think of my aunt and uncle, they got divorced a long time ago, but uh, when they did get divorced, one of the things my parent commented on, it was my dad's brother was, wow, they went out dancing when they signed the divorce decree and that they were better friends uh, than partners. And so, you know, certainly I think there's a variety of reasons why people might be getting divorced and getting divorced later. Now, the question I have is, so you're, say you're 50, 55, you know, in that age range or up, which is how they define graying of divorce. And so if you are older, and I know you serve clients of all different ages, but if you are older, does it mean that the divorce process is any different or, you know, how does it differ than somebody who's maybe at 32 saying, I need to get a divorce? Yeah. Well, at 32, they need to try counseling first. No, <laughs> but <laughs> that's too young. As a recovered therapist, I would say at 55, try counseling first <laughs> as well, but maybe you already have a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm joking in a way, but so the process, the lead from a legal standpoint, the process of getting divorced doesn't change depending on your age. However, the experience of getting divorced for that person, I think, can be vastly different. For example, younger people who have, it's a totally different dynamic. So when you get divorced in your 40s and 50s, let's say, and you have still have minor children involved, you have to figure out co-parenting and, and custody uh, until they're emancipated. Um, and which in in most states is is the minimum is 18. And then, but like, for example, in New Jersey, your child is not emancipated until, you know, like 22, 23 after college, or if they're going to some secondary education. So it differs state by state. But when you're dealing with minor children, that's a whole nother animal uh, that you have to deal with in the divorce. Then, like I said, you have to figure out what's going to happen when they graduate high school. Are they going to college? You know, are they considered emancipated? In a gray divorce situation, you're dealing with other issues like division of assets, retirement accounts, inheritances, maybe um, if your parents uh, have passed or are close to it. And so, you know, it's just the focus is on different things in a gray divorce situation. But, you know, it's interesting. Some family dynamics don't really change. And so you may have, if you're getting a gray divorce, you know, you're older, 55 and older, and you have children, your children are probably adults. And, you know, they maybe they have children of their own, but the whole parent child dynamic still exists. And so, you know, like, as to share a personal example with with me, I'm in the middle of three brothers, and my younger brother is five years younger than me. So we're both, you know, well into our adulthood now. But whenever we get together, sure enough, those dynamics of, you know, big brother, little brother, you know, come out sooner than later. And it's like, that's just never going to change. And so you're not focused in a great divorce situation. You're not focused on how the children 
are going to be supported or cared for necessarily, but you're looking at things like, you know, well, how are you going to explain it to them, right? Because maybe they weren't expecting this. Maybe they were, but still their parents are getting divorced and it's the same emotional response um, that you're dealing with. So adult children, you know, still go through the shock of their parents getting divorced and, you know, the grieving process like anybody else, but they're theoretically more mature now and can articulate how they're feeling to you. And so the conversations a parent and their child have are different in a great divorce setting than when you're getting divorced at a much younger age. But other than that, great divorces, you know, other issues that might pop up in a great divorce situation is, you know, when and if the parents will start dating afterwards, you know, now they're they're older, more mature. And how does that affect the the still the children, right? And seeing their parents going through that is something that will be explored more in a great divorce setting than I think in a younger setting when minor children, you don't really have conversations as in depth as you would in a great divorce setting, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And, you know, because of my background in psychology, when you talk about the dynamics between the couple and the dynamics in the family, you know, all you need to do in any family system is throw in some sort of tension, stress and crisis and everyone will assume their roles Yes, (laughs) (laughs) for better or for worse. Right. So I think that's a great thing to highlight that in a gray divorce, if they did have kids, the kids are not involved in the same way and some of the division of assets and thinking through some of the the legalities uh, and financial pieces of divorce are different, but still it affects everybody in that family system and certainly affects the friends as well. We are with Jason LaVoy, the Divorce Resource Guide, and I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I just wanted to tell you about a new exciting program. It's for business owners. Because many business owners, we spend so much time delivering our products and services, but we fail to set up a system to actually make sure we get paid every month. You deserve to get paid every month. If you broke money silence and you asked for your fee, then it's time to figure out how to put financial policies and procedures in place in your business so you can continue to earn what you are worth. So I have developed a course called It's Time to Get Paid. It takes you through how to contract, how to set up a payment policy, and ultimately how to collect accounts that are past due. So. I think you should check it out. It's only $27. It's a great investment for your firm. And if you are new to business or struggling in getting paid what you are worth, then it is time to check out It's Time to Get Paid. Go to courses.breakingmoneysilence.com and check out the details. I'm here with Jason LaVoy, the Divorce Resource Guy, and we are talking about graying of divorce. Now, because we talked about graying divorce or or people who are older, I'm also curious, are there differences that you see in people who are in same-sex couples that are divorcing at an older age? And they may be at an older age just because it took them so long to get the right to marry. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, same-sex marriage really isn't that old when you think about it. And so... And I have, I do have experience coaching. Um, I actually just coached a same-sex couple recently, and it was interesting. I don't know 
I don't know if the differences are due to the same sex dynamic or just the individual people. You know, divorces are, are like snowflakes. There's no two alike um, because the, there's no two people alike. And so no matter how, that's why I always tell people not to listen to your friends and family about divorce advice because it's irrelevant to your situation. No matter how similar it may seem on paper, it's just not. And you get yourself into trouble that way. And so kind of the same thing with same sex couples. I think from my personal experience, I work with more women than men, just just naturally how it seems to fall, although I work with both. And women more often than not tend, I think, to be more open and I'll say, you know, vulnerable than men are. Men, from my experience, are more focused on, you know, the results of the divorce and and women focus on obviously the results, but they're also focused on like the process uh, and the, the how of getting divorced. So for example, you know, will it be an amicable divorce? That's often a, uh, a real concern and desire of, you know, a woman I'm working with and how will the messaging be communicated and through an attorney, through them, or, you know, with some coaching from another professional. And I work with men who are focused also on the process. And then that's why I don't like classifying and putting people into a box too much, sure. but sure. you know, same sex divorce I recently worked on was a, a two men. And the dynamic was interesting because one of them really cared about the messaging of, and, and how things were being presented to the other side. And this was a, a rare situation. Usually I work with one of the, you know, people, instead of both at the same time. But this one, I actually worked with both at the same time. It was kind of a, an oddball situation, but I, you know, they both were on the same page and, and wanted the same thing. And so I was just helping them both get through it. So one of them was really focused on the messaging and the other really cared, was skeptical at, at first of the whole process. He was more guarded and afraid to, to show any vulnerabilities. But in the end, they worked together and they wanted the same things. And that was to care for their minor children that they were going to raise together afterwards. And so it all worked out. So that's a, a long-winded answer. And I'm not sure I actually answered it. But <laughs> well, I, You know what, Jason, I think you did. Because basically what you're saying is that every divorce is unique. And no matter what somebody's sexual orientation is, in some ways their age, all, you know, all sorts of different demographics that we can slice and dice, that really that process is unique to that individual and that couple that is splitting. And that you know, we don't want to stereotype. I was just curious if there were any trends because we had um, Deborah Danger on talking a little bit about estate planning and LGBTQ couples. And she said something similar in that, you know, the wishes are similar. It's just the legalities. So I think what you're talking about is it's really personality, it's family dynamics, and really thinking through what that individual client that you're working with, that you're coaching might need. Now, tell yeah. us a little bit about if I was to hire you as a coach, and if my husband Brian's listening, this is just, you know, an example. It's tell an academic us, exercise. Yes, academic yeah. exercise. Tell me a little bit about what that process might be so people who are listening in understand what a divorce coach like you does. Again, I usually work with one of the people instead of both at the same time. And, and I'm your advocate. My job as a coach, so it's a little bit, not to get overly into the weeds about it, but because I'm a former divorce attorney and I, 
I've practiced as one, I understand the legalities of the process. You know, I know what divorce judges, how they think more often than not, you know, what they expect from, you know, attorneys and clients. And I know what your divorce attorney expects from you as a client. And so whenever I coach, all my coaching is always from an attorney's point of view. And my job is to get you, keep you on track, right? Because going through a contested divorce can be a very overwhelming situation. And it's really trauma when you think about it. So my job is to keep you focused, make sure that you're prepared for each phase of the process, that you understand what's going on and you know what everything means. And I'm all about empowerment. So I empower you with all the information that I know as a divorce attorney so that you have that. So even though you ideally will have your own divorce attorney, because I'm not representing you as a coach, I don't represent you legally in any capacity, but when you communicate with your attorney, you will be so confident and on top of it that you're going to know what questions to ask. You're going to understand what they're talking about the first time around when they start you know, bringing things up like mediation or collaborative divorce and, and start talking about you know, different ways to, to negotiate and you know, settle the, the divorce. You will be ahead of the game, and that is really half the battle. You know, I hate to be cliche about it, but like knowledge is power when you're talking about divorce. And unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast that attorneys don't have the time and clients don't have the money to sit down and give you all this information that I'm talking about that I think you need to know. And so, you know, there's a big disconnect in the process and and that results in, you know, that relationship breaking down between the attorney and the client or you know, the client and any other people on their divorce team uh, that they may be working with. So that's my focus. As a coach, I empower you with the information that you need to know. So at the end, you can make the best decisions uh, moving forward. So part of what I'm going to refer to is something you mentioned earlier. You said something like, you know, when you strip away the emotions, divorce is really about, is almost a business transaction. And similar to how a business coach might coach somebody who's new to business or at a certain point in business, to support them, to reduce the learning curve, to make sure that they have the emotional support and a sounding board for their business. It sounds like you do a very similar thing for your clients going through this very personal situation of a divorce, which certainly, and I know you didn't mean this, but feels much more complicated than uh, you know business transactions usually do. So that's how I understand it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I can't say I disagree with that. I'm <laughs> I'm more of like um so attorneys often charge on an hourly basis for an example, right? As a coach, I purposely don't do that because I have found out more so after I stopped practicing than while I was practicing, you know, the anxiety people have about I guess paying their attorney on an hourly basis. It, it's just extremely off the chart and not in a good way. And so people, what ends up happening is people are afraid to communicate with their attorney because they don't want to get billed. Yes. And, and I'm like, well, what's the point of having them if you're not communicating with them? So it's, it's this constant tug of war between, you know, getting the help that you need and, you know, the anxiety about getting that bill at the end of the month. So as a way to kind of bypass that or alleviate it, as a coach, I always charge flat fee. And so all my clients never hesitate 
to contact me. And I'm usually their first point of contact when things start hitting the fan because they know what they're getting when they start working with me. They know the duration and they know how much. And then now we can focus on the work. You know, one example that I always give people of, you know, how I work as a coach is, you know, some let's say something happens, you're dealing with a custody issue and or a parenting time issue and something urgent just came up. They'll call me first and I will talk it out with them. And then at the end of that conversation, I will have narrowed it down enough to say, okay, now go to your attorney and ask them these three questions, right? And so when they contact their attorney, it's more streamlined, efficient, and you know they're not spending 45 minutes on what should have been a five-minute conversation, and they're not getting billed for that 45 minutes. And so that helps the client because they're saving the money that way, but it actually also helps the attorney because the attorney is now appreciating that streamlined communication and now they can focus and do whatever legal thing they need to do. Yeah, no, I love that. I think it's a great service that you provide. Now, some of our listeners who are listening in today may have gone through divorces. Some of them may be contemplating a divorce later in life, and that's why they hit play on this particular podcast. So do you have any advice or tips for listeners contemplating a divorce later in life? Something that they could be proactive about maybe before they engage somebody like you? Yes. Yes. Earlier, the better. And what I mean by that is not, I hope you don't get divorced earlier. I hope you don't get divorced at all. But if you are, if once you've made that decision that you think it's going to happen, preparation is, is everything, right? So I think you want to start preparing for your divorce. And before anything is filed, before even maybe if you're the one who's decided that you want the divorce, before you even communicate that to your to your spouse, start forming your divorce team. Um, and what I mean by that is there's three bedrock people that I always talk about when I talk about a divorce team. It's an attorney, a coach, and a therapist. Um, I call it the trifecta of awesomeness. And then there may be more, but those are the three bedrock people. And so start thinking about that. You know, some people, when they get divorced, they think, okay, I just hire an attorney and I'm done. And that's really not the best way to go about it um, because hiring the right attorney for your situation, because remember, your situation is unique. So hiring the right person is so important. It's vital because hiring the wrong attorney can be a really costly and time consuming mistake. So prepare. Um, and as a coach, that's what I do. I help. I help find. I help you find the right attorney for your situation. Um, I help you identify the other professionals who maybe should be on your team. So that's tip number one: start forming your divorce team early on and take your time doing it. Then, my second tip would be: think about what you want your post-divorce life to look like. Right? Like, no matter how bad your divorce is, and hopefully it's not that bad, but some point it'll be over. And then what? And what is your post-divorce life going to look like? What what do you envision it? What do you what do you want it to be? Um, start articulating that. Write it down in a journal, but start thinking about it. You know, and then once you have that vision, kind of map out. Well, how am I going to get there? Right. Let's let's come up with a path, and that's part of the preparation process. And so the more preparation you do, the more you'll be able to you're able to identify your your future goals the easier the whole process is going to make because every decision that you make during your divorce will be geared moving you towards that vision of your post-divorce life. Otherwise, you're kind of running around like a chicken with his head cut off and you might make a decision 
in the divorce that you will later regret. So I think that's really important to do. And then the last thing I would say is be prepared to kind of roll with the punches, right? A contested divorce is like a roller coaster. I always say strap yourself in. You're going to have your share of ups and downs. And the more prepared that you are, uh, the easier it will be going through all the going through that ride. So I kind of sound like a broken record, I know, but it really all circles back to preparation. And if you do those things, then when everything hits the fan, you'll be in a much better position to to handle that. Well, and and your you know divorce team, the the right attorney, you know, you already addressed that. I think the right therapist is an important mm-hmm. thing to help not only with you with the coaching and the roller coaster, but also having a place to go where someone can help you through that transition and that process. And I guess the other piece that I might add for people just to consider, given that I do a lot of training with financial professionals, is there are some really great uh, financial planners out there. Uh, that specialize in divorce. And so I did a interview not long ago with a financial planner who specializes in divorce. And so I'll put that in the show link. So I think that dream team is a really great thing to have. Now, time goes so fast and you have so much knowledge to share, but I think you've really highlighted, you know, a little bit about gray divorce, a little bit about how things are different yet similar and how you can really help people or another divorce coach could help somebody in the process. So I want to make sure that anybody listening in knows where to find you, knows uh, where to contact you, and to be able to continue the conversation with you, if at all possible, Jason. Oh, thanks so much. So it's really simple. Remember, I I adhere to the KISS principle. So (laughs) you, you could find everything about me and my coaching services at my website, jasonlavoy.com. And I also, everything, yeah, everything is linked there. Um, I I also host my own podcast. Kathleen, you were a guest recently, the Divorce Resource Guy podcast, and you can get to that. Well, you can reach that anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes or um, anywhere. And But you can also get it um, from my website. And I also have a, a private Facebook group um, where you could learn more about divorce and, and surround yourself with a community of positive people who are, you know, looking for support and any other questions, you could always email me. My email is jason at jasonlavoy.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much today for breaking money silence with me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I always learn something every time. Me too. I love it. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.